1: Great to be back with you, folks. Hey, with me as always is Stephanie. So uh, we're excited, Stephanie, to have you back, and uh, we're thankful that uh, Pastor Crockett filled in for you last week, and it was fun to listen to him. But we sure did miss you. So uh, how's things going for you?
2: Well, hello, Doug. Things are going well. Um, we're enjoying warm weather showing up finally, and um, yeah. yeah, there's been allergy season and health wow. issues. Yeah, we're doing really well.
1: Wow, it's just downright hot here. So it's getting up to ninety three degrees here today. I oh wa-
2: wow. Yeah,
1: I walked at seventy three at six thirty this morning. And uh,
2: That's crazy. Yeah,
1: it came up. But you know, seventy three is not bad walking. Ninety three is no, that, get in the I house have, and turn down the A C. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say seventy three for walking is perfect. Yeah. When it's limited. When it's seventy three at eight in the morning, you know where it's going to wow. be later in the day. Yeah, know? it's going to be
1: ugly, and uh, yeah. so hey, catch us up real quick. How is the basement project at your house coming along? Is are you seeing uh, that getting almost done now? Is that moving? It okay? is.
2: Yes. Yeah. We're um, the flooring's done. The the bathrooms, Lord willing, going to get done this weekend. Get put back together and
1: oh you um, need some piping and stuff probably right yeah the toilet
2: yeah yeah, the new toilet and sink and all that but um yeah i mean i'd say it's about 95 percent there we have of course some painting um that had to wait so we have some painting probably i don't know a day's worth of painting still but yeah i mean it's it's livable again and um my kids are absolutely loving it um, my oldest is hilarious. He goes down. He's like, well, now it looks like a Hallmark basement. He's like, it used to just feel homey. Now it looks like it's out of a Hallmark movie. Oh. And I think that was a slight, a slight hyperbole, but it's pretty great.
1: So well, we're exact, that's we're good excited. That's good news. So folks, we're caught up with Stephanie. We, I wanted to take a couple minutes so you know what's going on with her. Many of you were part of helping this process along. As we know, Stephanie had some flooding through some bad drainage and people not telling her what's going on when she moved in there. We live in a world that over communicates. Everything's on Facebook. Everything's on Twitter. But they can't say, hey, you bought the house. Make sure you keep the drain clean. Come on, folks. <laughs> we could do better than that, man. And uh, but anyway, it, it's uh God's using it for his glory there. So a couple things. So we reminded you that we want you guys uh, we wanna have conversation, communicate with you. We wanna talk to you about the retreat, everything going on with wounded spirits. So make sure you get a hold of me on helpful wounded spirits. I already had a couple Zoom meetings, we'd like to have more, we'd like to talk to you folks. So drop us a note or Doug at woundedspirits.com. We'll make sure we get a hold of you. Now we've changed, Stephanie, as you remember. We've been talking about a characteristic of PTSD. And one of those ones that really get people going and that I hate, and I know you hate too, Stephanie, is this hypervigilance or, or like an, another word might be anxiety. It's like anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, times two, you know, hypervigilant, you. you're always on edge, you're agitated, you're, you know, you, you, got dread, uh, you know, what can go wrong next? What's coming, you mm-hmm. know, those types of things, you know, you, it, it, it's fearful. I mean, it can lead to depression, worry. I mean, it just keep. you're constantly on edge is the good thing going to be good is the bad thing going to be bad and am i supposed to be i mean uh stephanie what is it like give us your explanation of, of vigilance there of hypervigilance, anxiety
2: it's it's very um you know it's it's a part of life you know there's times i look back and think what was life like before yeah. i constantly was looking over my shoulder and I don't mean that in a sense of guilt or in a sense of I have anyone chasing me. Yeah. I, I, so it, it's, but it's where your brain always lives in that is there somebody, um, is there somebody waiting to shoot me at the next roundabout? Yeah. And, and that seems like a crazy off the wall thing to think of. But when that's been your reality, your brain goes into this. It it could happen again. It will happen again. And your brain can become your worst enemy. And I think that's what hypervigilance does to you. Um, And so I, I, for me personally, um, I I love listening to music. It's a great way to help with that, um, to help calm my nerves. Um, I think a lot of times if you're hypervigilant, if you deal with body pain, Mm. your brain goes down. Um I had that happen just this morning. Um, I'm dealing with a lot of pain. And so wow. I start having some sharp stabs, and your brain goes down the pattern of you're gonna be dead by this time tomorrow. And it's it's just the way hypervigilance works, where you're always, yeah, you described it perfectly, you're always on edge, you're always looking, um, looking around, hyperanalyzing everything. everything. Hypervigilance leads to hyperanalyzation of everything, everyone. And so, and it, you add abuse into that, that adds a whole other factor of hypervigilance because then your trust, you know, your ability to trust people has been completely perverted and messed up. Yeah. So then, you know, it, it just, it becomes a vicious cycle. And so I love um, in scripture, how, how God says the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds. And the kind and of so peace that passeth all
1: understanding too. Yes, yeah.
2: Yeah. So coming back to that, God, flood me with your peace and and shower me with your grace that you've promised is sufficient. It's always sufficient for every need. Because when you have PTSD, this is this is one of my biggest thorns in the flesh is the hypervigilance. It's 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 nasty. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think we got to say this, too. One of the biggest things that we have to understand about these characteristics, I think, I think we need to put this out there, Stephanie, is you need to recognize you have them. This is the kind of stuff mm. that sneaks up on you. You know, it's, it's this isn't just a, uh, I wake up one morning, and I'm the most paranoid person on God's green earth. This is something that, uh, you know, you, you leave the trauma, some things happen in your life, you, you've got a, you know, you've been hurt. So many of you have been hurt by spouses, left behind, deserted. I, I mean, I mean, Stephanie, we could name one thing after another here. And along yeah. the way, that paranoia, that anxiety, that hypervigilance shows up. So we need to recognize it. And once we recognize that, hey, we're a little bit too wound up. There's too much going on. Well, then, of course, yeah. we apply God's word to that. You know, casting all your care upon him for he care about you, uh, about mm. how we can do all things. Right. That that great verse right. out of Philippians through Christ was strengthened in me and and people say oh you're taking that verse out of context well how, what what's the con? don't you love these people they even make cups I can do all things through a verse that's taken out of cow oh, shut up you know there's people out there I, I think you know I think when we get to heaven we're all going to be embarrassed don't get me wrong but some of these knuckleheads have a new translation of their lives you know oh I regrouped and this is actually what that means but uh and I think we live in that zone, Stephanie, that Philippians 4-6 zone of being careful for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, making your request, being known unto God. There's a few things happening there in Philippians 4-6, and I mean, that they just stand out and they're talking to you there. And one of them is, you know, it's okay to be careful for nothing, but when you pray, when you ask to be supplied of goodness and and all those great things, and and then you thank God for everything you have, it it kind of minimizes the, our craziness, you know, is that, Mm -hmm. is that a way of saying it? I mean, that's our way out. Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I love the verse that says, there is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful and coming back. Um, I say this, all the time when I'm speaking or to myself or to my kids, but God is still God. He is. And so whether or not you deal with hypervigilance, God is the same faithful God to you in either circumstance. Right. And remembering that his faithfulness never changes. His mercies are new every morning. And, you know, I think there's a beautiful thing in, in the sense of Psalm, Psalm 103 tells us that God pities his children mm. and, I think there's a sense in which he knows, he knows if you're struggling with PTSD, he knows if you're struggling with that hypervigilance, he knows. And so you can go to him broken, messed up, scared, you know, um, when you have one of those triggers that sends your hypervigilance into extra high mode, go to him with that and know that his mercies are new every day for that struggle. And that's, that'll give you a joy. You know, yeah. to get through the next day
1: to do the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes uh, some of the most effective prayers were in the, when we're in the midst of this hypervigilance, anxiety, mm. craziness, uh, where we yeah. feel weird. We feel like the weirdest people in the world, by the way, when we're going through this, but we're not. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got some level of this. But I'll tell you, sometimes the only thing I, I said to God, especially when Willie had died in my arms and back in the beginning and stuff, would just be God. Please help. hmm in Jesus name. And, and, uh, and, and I'll tell you, he hears that prayer. You know, we serve a God that hears our prayers. You know, we don't, we don't have to do any weird things. We don't have to be uh, up on Mount Carmel stabbing ourselves. We don't have to go out and do works. We don't have to do any of that. God hears our prayers. And, and, and I'll tell you, we serve a great God. We serve the all powerful God, the, the, the God that can answer these things, the God that can take away these things. So let not your heart be troubled brethren. You believe in God, believe also in me and give that stuff to God. I mean, go to the Lord and, and, and just reach out to him and, and uh, his arms are open wide. He's going to take care of you. And uh, I think, you know, as we wrap here on, on hypervigilance, we really wanted to take a couple minutes on this today because this is one of those things that make us feel off. And make us feel like we're not human. Of course we're human, uh, but we serve this uh, infinite, wonderful God Mm. who's beyond anything we can see, anything we can know, and he'll take care of you with that. He will, and uh, he does. And uh, folks, just take a minute right now, listen to a sponsor here, and we'll be right back with you. Well, it's great to be back with you. You know, we're in Proverbs. We're in the last two verses of chapter 18 today. And we thank you for those of you who've been hanging around with us as we've been going through the book of Proverbs. Just to give you an update quickly on the week. So every Friday we've been doing something special lately. We've been going, continuing on with Proverbs from... Uh, Monday through Thursday, this Friday, we're just going to talk about, you know, life, what's going on, transition with Stephanie and us, talk about what's going on in our life, some new life verses, some, you know, maybe uh, maybe it'll be a blessing to you. We're all going through junk, so it's great when we can share our junk with you and you can share your junk with us and how a great God is the garbage man. And he gets rid of all that junk. And so we're going to be talking about that on Friday. So you don't want to miss out on that. And, uh, Stephanie, we find ourselves here in chapter 18 and verse number 23. And it said the poor useth entreaties, but the rich answereth roughly boy, I've seen that before. And, uh, you know, it seems like there's a humility almost, uh, you know, we, they, we don't have them if we're poor, it seems like, you know, we don't have the money or the influence and, um, you know, maybe we find ourselves broken. Maybe we find ourselves in a very submissive place. Um, you know, a lot of poor people I've met, uh, you know, you got two types of poor people a lot, I think. You got those who feel entitled to everything. And and then you got those people who say, you know, I'm in, I'm in a heavy place right now. I'm in a tough place. And so it says, you know, the poor man's going to say, uh, you know, sir, may I have a moment of your time? Ma'am, may I have a moment of your time and let you know what's going on? And, uh, and they're gonna, there's going to be humility. There's going to be reverence. There's going to be thank you for taking this meeting. And I remember one thing we did is I ran contractors when I was in the Army. And, boy, you could tell the difference between the people who really needed the job and those who might want it a little bit. Those people who sure. needed the job, they studied or those people, you know, they, they were knew exactly what was going on. There was a humility there. There was a, mm. uh, you know, there was a reverence. It's hard to explain, but those rich people. Stephanie, sometimes they can be real rough, you know, just shut up. I'm rich. Yeah. You're not. I mean, what are you thinking here? Stephanie? Well,
2: I think there's that sense in which money, um, or possessions, you know, that sense of it should be looked at as a gift from God, as a as a blessing from God to, to have that. But it unfortunately, because of our fallen flesh, it seems that very often the rich tend to view themselves as being the lords of the earth, yeah. um, view themselves as we get to dictate to the rest of mankind what they can and cannot do because we have the money. And it's interesting to me that the Bible very clearly says the love of money is the root of all evil. And if you look at the rich men in this world who are evil, yeah, their money rules their universe.
1: It, it does. And there
2: are, there are good, rich people. Um, maybe sure. not all Christians, but there are good, rich people. There's some conservative rich people out there that my boys would love to high five them for some of the stuff that they've done. Um, you know, where they, they're good people in the sense of, um, you know they, they they don't look at their money as a, as a way to manipulate and control the world, um, but all that to say, unfortunately, there are Christians that have money that or or possessions that would view themselves as well. This puts me on top of the pile, and understand that riches are a gift from God. Period. They're mm. a tool from God. Period. That's the only way they should be viewed. Is it, God doesn't give us money for us to hoard it. He gives us money. Um, or wealth, or material goods, whatever, to be used, you know, we're we're supposed to be a channel, right, through which God can flow, no matter where we are in our lives, whether we're rich, whether we're poor, whether we're, we're what, the, what Americans call middle class, no matter where we are in our station of life, we're all equal before the Lord, and he's Amen. made us all the same channel, you know, there's no one channel that's better than another channel, that's we're right. all channels that God wants to use the same way and so for the rich don't view yourself as better because you have more money at your disposable disposal that money is simply to make you a channel through which a certain kind of blessing can flow to others yeah and that's that's what we're you know if we're given wealth in in terms of earthly goods or finances, that's what it's to be used for.
1: No, and that's good. That's it. And, and that's it folks. I mean, and and just what Stephanie said, there's a lot of great rich folks out there, a lot of great rich kids, but then you get the other ones, you know, that, you know, that almost have this, uh, aristocratic attitude, man. And, uh, uh, you know, look at me, I'm rich, so I must be smarter and better than everybody else. And, uh, but then you've got just some really good people. I, I remember thinking and, and, you know, trying to and being apolitical, but I remember, Thinking of Pastor Trump's kids and his daughter, all the giving feeding people on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a yep. whole different feel. Yeah. And then and, and then, you know, you got President Biden's daughter who threw a soda can at a cop. You know? So yeah. it's 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 how and it's nothing political there. It's just the facts. But yep. the, but you know, the reality is, is, is what we do and how we are and how we act. And and then we got that verse 24, and it says a lot. Just in a couple sentences, there it says, "A man that hath friends must show himself friendly." And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And uh, boy, that's it sounds like a uh, Patch the Pirate song there. And so true, uh, you know. Uh, y- you know, if you're going to have friends, you have to work at those friendships. Uh, th- you know, agree. this it's it's a pretty basic thing. You can't ignore people and, and be a friend. You can't blow yeah. people off and be a friend. You know, to be Mm -hmm. a friend, you got to check on people. You got to look out for them. You got to, you know, be a blessing to them. And and just, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much we could say here, but you all know exactly what we're saying here. Be a friend. Be that person today. Be that friend with people you work with. You know what's great about friends is you can let in as many as you want. I know you got the close ones, the ones you tell all your yucky stuff about and things like that, but it's okay (laughs) to let other friends in, you know, yeah. Uh, you don't have to tell your yucky stuff to everybody. You save that for the special few, you know, Stephanie's in my yucky crowd. I'm in her yucky crowd, <laughs> Debbie, stuff like that. But we have other friends that aren't in the yucky crowd, you know, <laughs> it's okay. Make some friends out there. And then if you find one that's good enough, let them in the yucky crowd, you know, it's all right. And, but then there's a friend, Stephanie, that sticks closer than a brother. So that's talk right. about that. Yeah.
2: There, yes. Well, we are given the precious, um, the precious promise of that in Scripture, um, that we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Um, we have a beautiful hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus! All our sins and griefs to bear. Mm. What a privilege to carry everything, everything to God in wow. prayer. He's Man. the He's the friend. Um, you know, He's the chief friend in the yucky crowd. If we're gonna put it that way, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah he, um, he, he should be the chief. He's the number of one God. of the
1: yucky guys. And, <laughs> He, he, he knows our yuckiness. We don't even have he to does. tell him.
2: He, he knows. He knows. So he loves it when we'll come to him, you know, when we're willing to trust him that much, that we trust him with the good, the bad, the ugly, and to understand that he he truly does care for us, you know, and he truly is there listening every time we come to him broken, every t- come, time we come to him praising him. Yeah. And every time we come to him for whatever it is, Um, he, he wants us to do that. He says to come boldly before the throne of grace to find mercy and help. And, um, I think it's very interesting too, that Jesus says to us, "Ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever I've commanded you. And so he promises to be our friend, but he also gives us this beautiful fact that he considers us his friends. If we'll simply trust and obey him if we'll take him at his word and seek to please and honor and glorify him following his word and the principles of it, he says, you're my friends if you do that. And wow, the incredible thing that we can have this, this incredible relationship with the God of heaven, where not only can we call him our friend, but the God of heaven would call us his friends. Wow, man. I feel like shouting. Trust and obey. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: man, what a friend we have in, if I could sing. Now I've been told I can't sing before so I'm not going to. But if I could sing I'd I'd let it go. But you know over there in John I'm telling you, in John chapter 15, I mean, these are verses that were uh, back in the day, back there in Virginia, when I first got saved, and uh, up there in Alexandria, Virginia, greater love have no man than this, than a man Mm -hmm. laid down his life for his friends. Is that Jesus? Ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for a servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of the Father, I have made known unto me." And I love that next verse. And we could keep going with all these verses, but ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. We serve a God that chose us, Stephanie. He's our friend. And uh, he lets us know the yucky stuff. We let him on the inside. He lets us on the inside. Mm. And uh, so what do we tell people? I mean, we got this last 30 seconds or a minute or so. And and, uh, how do we process all this? And, uh, and we started by talking about, you know, poor people can be humble and all that, and they can make some good friends, praise God. And then some <laughs> rich people can too. But how do we, how do we become more friendly? How do we make more friends?
2: Well, the Bible says, um, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Um, that's the first part of the verse that says there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And so yeah. they go out of your way. Whether, you know, we talk about hypervigilance, even if you have hypervigilance, even if, you know, that really cracks your shell to, to put yourself out there, even maybe to do something for somebody else, make that choice, be a friend to someone else, do something for someone else that you would like someone to do for you, make that difference. And guess what? That's how we make friends is by sacrificing of ourselves to make a difference in someone else's life.
1: There it is. There it is. And friends, you you have that opportunity. You have that opportunity to be friendly, to make a friend. And uh, for those of you who got those yucky friends out there, you can tell them, don't forget those folks, man. Those are the good folks to have. We love you. Your greatest friend is Jesus Christ. Hey, listen to everything. Brother Eric's got to say, please get a hold of me. We want to give you a briefing on what's going on with the retreat and everything. Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. We'll get back to you. Drop a phone number and email. We're looking forward to that. Hey, have a great day out there. Listen to everything Brother Eric has to say. Thank you.